Daily Gazette Company presents the Parting Shots Podcast. Now, here's your host, Daily Gazette Sports Editor, Ken Shot. Thank you, Scott Geezy, and welcome to the Parting Shots Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe today. Thanks for joining me from the Parting Shots Podcast Studio in Schenectady, New York. We have a great show for you. Uh, Adam Schinder, my Gazette colleague, will join me later to talk high school football as we look back at week one and look ahead to week two. My first guest is a comedian and impressionist who is well known for his accurate impressions of actors, sports figures, and politicians. He will be appearing at the Rivers Casino and Resort on Saturday, September 24th at 8 p.m. It's an honor to welcome Frank Caliendo to the podcast. Frank, uh, welcome to the podcast. And as you know, I was chat- chatting with before, I, pre- I enjoy your work and I appreciate you doing the- a few minutes with me. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, thank you very much. And I mean, how much are you looking forward to coming to Schenectady? Have you ever been, been here before? Honestly, this is probably the most I've looked forward to anything in the history of Western civilization. How's that? Is that good? Was yes, that, it works. That was almost for the sports people. That was almost my Bill Walton. In the history of Western civilization, how could I have any other ideas of where I want to be, what I want to do as the Earth rotates on its axis, orbiting around the sun 365 days a year, getting us to the point where, well, we'll never get to the point if I continue with this voice. Conference so. of champions, I would say. Conference of Champions, there it is, the Pac-35 down to about Pac-2 in the next couple of years, as the Big Ten steals from them, understand. So, now I need to already. get people back on track with it. That's when they realize that Frank would sometimes go off on little bits of tangents. I said in my introduction that you are a comedian and an impressionist, but this might be a silly question, and uh, if it is, tell me. Do you consider yourself a comedian who happens to do impressions, or are you an impressionist who happens to do comedy with your impressions? I think I would probably consider myself the former, but a lot of people, because of the way they see me, would consider me the latter, mm-hmm. which is probably part of my uh, problem, quote-unquote, in um, entertainment, because I tend to I tend to be a little lazy at things sometimes, so I just put out there what I know is going to work. Um so it's a, a little bit more of the business side of things as opposed to, opposed to artistry, which I can only blame myself for um, for those uh, diverging from being the same thing there. So, um, which is what diverging actually means, if you break it down. Ah, yes. Once again, Caliendo calling himself out before a listener did. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I I think I do generally comedy. I, a, a lot of people, that, you know, and I happen to do impressions, but I just find that people it, it works stuff in. I tend to do more observational types of comedy, uh, but it a lot of times is about people. Mm-hmm. And then when you do an impression, you know, when you do a, a, the comedy about people, what happens is that um, uh, they anytime you say a name people think you're going to do that impression. So if I used, uh, I don't know know why, but Tim Allen came to mind. If I say the name Tim Allen without doing a Tim Allen Mm -hmm. impression, all of a sudden people are like, why didn't he do a Tim Allen? What happened there? You know, so it's, it's a weird thing when people get locked into what they think you, who, who you are, what you are. Um, and it's, that's interesting for me too, because people have always, when I do, uh, you know, interviews, radio interviews or, or even television, no matter what it is, I guess 
they'll want me to do character for a long a character for a long time and i'll be like well I, that's not really what i do i kind of use them like a, in radio they have the the sound boards um little control boxes that yeah. a producer might press a sound effect button or something like that mm -hmm. well that's how i like to use the impressions as little pieces for the most part um sometimes some bigger piece you know some bigger set stuff that i'll do but after that i like to just go in and out like i did with the morgan freeman if i've got to narrate something i'll do it right on the money <laughs> right there just get it get the point across so you can move on or you know those types of things are what i really like to do use them in short spurts almost as their own punchlines. yeah I mean, in watching your, some of your videos on Instagram uh, the other night, I, I, I'm truly amazed at how you can go from one voice to another like you did with there with uh, Bill Walton and Morgan Freeman. I mean, how do you do that without getting tongue-tied? Uh, you know, when they're new, they're hard to do something like that. And once I, I get them to almost like um, – it, it, it's, it's almost like a, a muscle memory. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, certain, certain voices would take me longer to go from voice to voice if I don't have them. A friend of mine, uh, Marcella Pope, she, she says it's, she calls it being fluent in the impression. Like there's a lot where I can just do certain words and it's almost more parroting of something as opposed to being able to speak and you have a character with the person. Mm -hmm. So once I have it kind of set in there and it's ingrained and it's in my mind, I actually see the person and it's almost like I'm looking into the mirror doing it. That's why I'm a lot of times very disappointed when I see myself doing it. I'm like, ah, you look like Cartman from South Park trying to do that. Yeah. Um, when did you realize you had a talent for being an impressionist? Uh, I mean, I did a little bit. I did, you know, mimic things as a kid. Uh, I would watch the Muppets and uh, do Muppet voices, and then people like Rich Little be on there. Yeah. Um, that he was an early influence. But then I, I really liked the speed of Robin Williams and the insanity of Jonathan Winters. Mm -hmm. And most of the impressionists were corny and more vaudevillian, and I didn't really like that, but I liked the impressions. So what I kind of did was I took the, the impression stuff and put it more into that Robin Williams, Jonathan Winters kind of stream of consciousness kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, even if you watch old Jim Carrey stand-up where he's doing impressions, he was super vaudevillian, like... Uh, you know, okay, and now here's James Dean eating uh, popcorn. You're like, what? what? Why? <laughs> What's weird is that type of comedy, simplistic, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do for no reason and just do it, that's big on the internet again. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's really come full circle where, uh, especially during the pandemic, I believe, I don't know about the world, but especially people in the country got dumber. I don't know how, but in, but in terms of comedy, people just look for simplistic, silly, stupid stuff. Uh, maybe it's a coping mechanism, but it's kind of stuck around where things I, I you know, I always wanted to be a comedian. I always wanted to be a comedian who people, who other comedians thought was pretty good and just, you know, they could see through the impressions to see there was material and thought there. But the funny thing is that's, People don't even care about that. It's just like, hey, what what dumb thing can you do right now? So, yeah, I like, mean, but, but, I happened to watch, um, thank God for new streaming services, free streaming services. I watched um, Robin Williams on, like, from 1982 on uh, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. You just don't know where he was going to go, and that made him 
so watchable. You, you know, it's not, his appearance, many appearances on uh, David Letterman. You, you just didn't know where he was going to go. He, he just once he got into the room there, he had controlled the show. Everybody else was just just watching, just amazing. I, I yeah, we missed him like hell. I mean, just absolutely. He's just he was just he was a genius. Yeah, and um, you know, Richard Pryor described him as a comet bouncing off the walls the first time you saw him, and that's really what he was. And Robin was one of those guys that I, his son came out to see me in San Francisco maybe 15 years ago or something, uh, might have 10 to 15 years ago, something like that. And uh, he was going to bring Robin back the next night and he didn't come. And I was like, well, this is the, you know, this stinks. I wonder what the deal was there. Well, it turned out he was in rehab the next day. Yeah. So I was like, I went from, it was one of those moments where I was like, <laughs> where like, oh, woe is me to, oh, I feel sorry. There's other people in this earth. Holy crap. Yeah. Okay. And you mentioned Rich still to him. I grew up in the 70s. And I always would see him, whether it was on Carson or Hollywood Squares. And he, he his impressions were great. And I was going to you know, ask about your influences, but you you brought it up there. I mean, Rich Little, it, it seems he seems to be have been forgotten in the in the pantheon here in, in, in here in 2022. Well, I think it's just I think that's only because he was huge in the 60s to 70s. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, did a little bit in the 80s, but you're talking about a guy who was really, and those are still, I think the biggest impressions he ever did. I mean, most of his stuff didn't evolve to a different time period as much. Um, But I think that's something about, you know, when you, when you do impressions, you really do impressions of people you like and it's and things you enjoy. And there's a certain time in your life where you do, I think you can create more with them and, and, work more on them because you're interested in the people more as you get a little, I found it happening to myself where you get away um, from it a little bit. You, you know, as you get older, you start to go, what, who are these kids? What, what is this? Why is this funny? Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. So, and I tend to do impressions from a place of, I love this person. You can do impressions for two. You can do impressions two ways. You, I think to make them good. And this is not just sound-alike stuff. This is to make a character with the impression. You can really love the person you're doing an impression of, and that doesn't mean you have to love them as a person. That just means you can really enjoy what they're doing. You can enjoy um, the... uh, uh, I'm trying to look for the right word here um, because you'll understand with the example. Um, But I'll just go... I'll say with Donald Trump, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. There are certain things that Donald Trump does that I say uh, that I think are just ingenious. <laughs> you know, I, I say that there's and uh, like he'll follow things up with uh, the words and everybody knows it and nobody knew it. Yeah. But he says that and that's his way of getting you know people on board. Um, and now my Donald Trump focuses on going, wow, this guy's P.T. Barnum. This is amazing how he sells this stuff. Mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin's Donald Trump was basically, I hate Donald Trump with a passion. Well, I find that you turn off a lot of people with that. I, I, people can, the way I do it, you know, coming from liking somebody or liking something about somebody that a lot of people hate that, you know, or in some, and a lot of people love whatever, but I find those things, both sides of it will go. Oh, that's 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 interesting. You're really you're really getting them, or you're really um, 
you're you 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 really get it what he does i'm like yeah whatever you want it to be i mean it's not if you're listening to me for political uh advice you're in the wrong space but but uh you know and then with biden you know i just find i just find yelling biden funny uh he goes from yelling biden to whisper biden that (laughs) variation is really funny to me that when he wants to get something across he will do what I call the whisper follow-up. It's in this or that situation where it would be like talking about the vaccine. It's not politics. It's science. It's science. It's science. It's science. Yeah. It's science. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. It's the humidity. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. It's DiGiorno. Come on. You know the deal. <laughs> Of course, sports fans uh, certainly enjoy your impressions of uh, the sports figures. You know, doing doing Pat Summerall and John Madden calling the play-by-play of some off-the-wall events uh, is very funny. Of course, you did the one uh, I think last year when they dropped the cat from. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, I forgot uh, about yeah, that. Miami yeah, you know, here's Brooklyn. the thing: yeah. people would tell me that Madden and Summerall, and I agree. I kind of agree with them. It's it's old, right? I mean, it's funny that. If I do it on screen, if I were to do a John Madden and Pat Summerall on screen, people would be like, oh, dated, old material, uh, get rid of it. I do it as a voiceover on a viral video. People are like, this is a combination of different generations creating a vortex. It's a, it's a hole in the space-time continuum. Caliendo has created something special. Like, it's really just the same thing. You just don't see me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, but, yeah, I, those are fun because people – that Pat Summerall, I, I can't even say Pat Summerall without getting Pat Summerall along with John Madden. Yeah, there you go, Pat. You know, um, yeah, like, that duo is so ingrained in the minds of people who love football. You know, twenty, thirty years ago, it's you know, Cosell was that voice that everybody remembered before that. But then Madden Summerall became the team that was so special. You know, they created Fox and the NFL on Fox. Yeah. That was. That was the the anchor for making Fox Sports legitimate. Do you um, ever hear from the people that you impersonate? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it depends. Uh, I mean, I do stuff with people on TV sometimes, too. I mean, they, they want me to do the impression with them. And people In general, people like it when you do an impression of them because they know where I'm coming from with it. And um, the sports people, uh, you know, but it's the way it really works is people just don't want it to hurt their money. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. And most of the time it, it actually helps people, especially sports people, because it brings them to a bigger platform. But it brings them to a bigger audience and has them seen more as uh, culturally important as opposed to just a person who does their job. Charles Barkley said that. He's like, Frank, you got to keep doing me. I'm like, why is that? Because every time you do it, I end up making more money. And <laughs> like, why is that? Because then you think, they hear you do it. And next thing you know, I got a new commercial saying things you just said. You know, so. Um, <laughs> That's what it's all about to me. Is is that that kind of thing? Is uh, you know having fun and having the people that you do the impression of like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you say that about Charles. I mean, between Charles Barkley and uh, Shaq, I mean, they have basically have all the commercials. It seems like these days. Shaq, ninety five percent. He just said he has ninety five percent. That's what it said. That's why Charles Barkley is is basically the Rosetta Stone for Shaq. Yeah. Well, another person that was popular to imitate was uh, former Las Vegas Raiders coach and broadcaster uh, for ESPN, John Gruden. And, of course, he was forced to resign from the Raiders last season after he uh, some emails were discovered in which he used sexist, homophobic, and transphobic uh, language. Is it tough to impersonate him now? 
Oh, I don't even do it. No? I don't even do it because uh, I stay away. Uh, it's one of those things where people uh, people might have cameras or, you know, cell phones and stuff, and then they, you know, they use it out of context, and then yeah. I'm the bad guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't even, I, I basically stay away from it. It's, you know, so that, I, I do a whole thing thing in my act about, how, I, I, sometimes I do it, but it's about things like, can't these uh, people stop from getting canceled so they don't ruin my act? <laughs> <laughs> and people will say why well why do you do somebody you know uh, well somebody say i've gotten this argument too like why do you you know continue donald trump he gets in quote unquote, unquote trouble all the time i'm like yeah but he's still pretty powerful he's not like castigated and sent aside and you know i know john gruden too so um or i haven't spoken to him in a while but i i know him and i he's been he's helped me with a lot of different things so uh, it's one of those things. I think it's almost too close to me too. So I, yeah. I really just stay away. What is the uh, most favorite impression you like? You do? Uh, you know, for a long time it was Morgan Freeman. Robert Downey Jr. is probably you know just because I want to be him. I don't know if you saw the the um, if you've seen it on like Instagram or any of those things, but there's the whole Robert Downey Jr. speech pattern. Which if you were counting, it's one two. Pause. Sound like you have to burp, and then three, four, five, six, seven. So it's just the just that sarcastic, sarcastic um, character that he really uh, portrays and, and puts out there. Because he's basically become Tony Stark. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's funny. He was Robert Downey Jr. the actor. Now he is Tony Stark, genius billionaire, Playboy philanthropist. <laughs> So what can uh, the, the people who attend your show on September 24th expect? This kind of stuff, actually. I think we're doing a pretty good demo. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's uh, explaining some things, you know, where I'm coming from, uh, uh, observations I've made, a uh, little bit of sports. Pop. Well, one thing people get wrong is they think it's an all-sports show. And it's mm-hmm. not. It's, it's a piece of sports. But I go, you know, the audience is not all sports people. They know me from different things, so... I tend to bounce from sports to, you know, to get to Dr. Phil, to pop culture, to types of people, little bits of stories about me and my life, and then uh, just wrap it all up with Morgan Freeman and we're done. <laughs> well, tickets start at $40 and are available at riverscasino.com slash Schenectady. Uh, Frank, I have enjoyed this. Uh, if I didn't have to work next Saturday, uh, I'd be there at the show and uh, watching you and laughing and having a great time. I appreciate you coming on the podcast and have fun when you're here. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, that's Frank Caliendo, Gazette sports writer Adam Schinder joins me next to talk high school football. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. What does the 50th anniversary of Title IX mean? It means I'm valued. I'm empowered. I can do anything. It means I'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future. Just like every female student, coach, official, and administrator blazed the trail for me because every student deserves the opportunity to play. Encourage girls you know to participate in New York high school sports. This message presented by NISFA and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Mark Kestisher, the voice of the NBA on ESPN Radio and college football on ESPN Radio. I grew up in Gilderland. I'm a proud member of the 518, and I go back over 30 years with Ken Schott. And when I'm not listening to his Schottsky Radio, I'm listening to the Parting Shots podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Here's Ken.
Welcome back to the podcast, and it's high school football season in the Capital Region, and our man who's really doing a great job with is Adam Schinder. We'll talk some power rankings and some key matchups coming up in Week 2. Adam, Week 1, uh, what were your thoughts of Week 1? Uh, we had some interesting stuff happen in Week 1. Uh, big week of Class AA versus Class A clashes. Uh, I was at a probably the biggest game of the weekend, which was the uh, matchup between the two defending champions, CBA and Burn Hills Boston Lake. Both teams going through some changes, and uh, really looked early on like CBA was absolutely going to run away with it. Uh, got up 14 nothing midway through the first quarter, then the game just kind of stopped for a while, and uh, CBA eventually wins it 23-6 uh, to with a really impressive defensive effort. But both teams came away with stuff they could be proud of and stuff they knew they got to work on as the season moves on. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at the uh, power rankings beginning in Class AA. And CBA is there, followed by Shen, a tie between Shaker and Gilderland, and Saratoga Springs with Bethlehem also receiving votes. Yeah. Uh, another year, and we're back to the same four leading the way uh, that have for a few years now. CBA, Shen, Shaker, uh, and Gilderland uh, all... Victorious early on. Shaker uh, lost uh, a Week 0 game out to the other CBA, yeah. Syracuse CBA out in uh, Utica. They're a defending Class A state champion. You know, those four teams, and, and we get a big one this week with CBA and Shaker that will really kind of let us see where things uh, shake its way out. But it'll be interesting to see if a Saratoga Springs, if Bethlehem, if Colony, if Schenectady can make inroads on what's been a pretty established top four for a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, in Class A, uh, Boston Spa, Amsterdam, who had an impressive win against Schenectady, uh, Burn Hills, Boston Lake, Averill Park, and Niskuna with Troyes getting some votes. Yeah, uh, this one, uh, Boston Spa, just like they did last year, came out. They've beaten a couple of uh, the back half double-A teams uh, in their opening couple of weeks. Been very, very impressive. Amsterdam, 32-6 win over Schenectady that seemed to take them a little while to get going, but uh, put it away when they got a chance. You, you have to expect Burn Hills is going to move. I saw them. Uh, they're a team putting a lot of new skill guys into place, but very, very strong up front. Avril Park gave Gilderland a game for a, for a good while, just kind of ran out of steam. They're a pretty uh, shorthanded team. And then once you get past the top four, uh, it really becomes chaos. Niskiyuna yeah. is there. Troy uh, barely beat Albany, and really the back half of that team, you look at your, your Mahonisons and, and several other teams, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that shovels out, especially with... Uh, Queensbury potentially struggling uh, this year, which has been, uh, they had a really rough uh, week one loss to Shaker. Yeah, I saw that. I think, it, I guess there's some expectation Queensbury's going to be down a little bit this year. Yeah, Queensbury's gone through, they're on, they're on a, they've got a new head coach in uh, this year after Matt Crossman left. Uh, and it's just going to be interesting because Queensbury's kind of been a constant in Section 2 football, both uh, with uh, success and the way they play. Even when they seemingly had a down year uh, last year when they started really terribly, they ended up uh, you know, in the championship game by the end of the season. One thing I will say about Queensbury football, mm -hmm. they do a wonderful job getting information mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. It's complete I, uh, I've, it's just unbelievable, and yeah. I wish other Section yeah. 2 teams would do that. Yeah, we have to. There is there is a, an all time shout out to to Tim Jones of Queensbury, who uh, is a who does a better job than some uh, the many uh, college sports information directors I've seen in terms of just immaculate game notes weeks before games. Really impressed by. He had some incredible game notes. I, I just you know even if it was not positive towards Queensbury, they were in there. It's like, this is great stuff, and I yeah. wish other teams 
in section two would you know help us out that way and uh, you know provide that kind of I mean don't that not, not all that kind of detail but at least you know the, the basics yeah you've got they, someone who's got time and gives us a big help yeah he went over you go, we appreciate the job call of duty yeah uh class b here we go Ravina coyman selkirk Gloversville, who's off the 2-0 start, Glens Falls, Scotia, Glenville, and Green Tech with Hudson Falls getting some votes. Yeah, uh, Ravina, defending Section 2 champion, uh, looked really, really impressive uh, its first two weeks. Gloversville, uh, which kind of made a surprise run to that uh, championship game last year, they've also looked very good. Glens Falls uh, scrimmaged Week 0, went out, took care of Lansingburg Week 1. Scotia uh, did very, very well uh Bouncing back from its uh, week zero loss to Ravina, Class B is in an interesting one. Uh, there's nine. There's nine Class B teams. They're all playing each other once with a bye. So everyone, everyone in that week zero played uh, an important game, with the exception of Glens Falls. They were the team on the bye. And then of course there's the team that you're not seeing there, which is Shalmont, uh, which has yeah. uh, struggled out of the gate. And the Sabers have been such a strong team over the last uh, few years, but they're going through a good amount of turnover. Yeah, so, I watched the, the Ravina Shalmont game last week on Spectre News One, and uh, Ravina was just just all over the place. I mean, that, that game was over, I think, in the first seven minutes, and uh, you know, there's, thankfully for the running clock in the second half to get the game over with. But uh, yeah, Ravina, I was very impressed with the, the job they did against Shamont. Absolutely. Uh, Class C, we'll start with Skylerville, followed by Stillwater, Fonda Fultonville, uh, who has a new coach, uh, Warrensburg, North Warren, Lake George, and Broadalbin Perth with Coble School, Richmondville getting votes. Yeah, it's the biggest class, and it's probably the deepest class. Skylerville uh, beat a Class A team in Wallkill week one. Uh, beat Hoosick Falls Tamarack in week two just as easily could be uh, in these rankings. Stillwater moved up uh, from Class D uh, to Class C this year. They were Class D runner-up last year. They've looked absolutely phenomenal. They've got a veteran line. They've got uh, some young skill position players getting involved. Fauna Fultonville got to the Class C Super Bowl last year. They've got a lot of people back. Warrensburg, North Warren, Lake George is really interesting because adding in Warrensburg to that uh, Lake George team, Warrensburg has some big, tough kids. Tristan Hitchcock, their uh, fullback and middle linebacker, a state wrestling champion, 250-pound kid, handing the ball to play in linebacker. He's an absolute monster. And then, yeah, Broadalbin Perth's gone out. They played very good defense back-to-back games for their head coach, Rick, new head coach Rick Wallace. Uh, Coble Skill, another team that's always in the mix. There's just so many teams uh, in Class C, and it's really going to be interesting to see how everyone meshes out as that season goes along. Well, you certainly cannot fit Warrensburg, North Warren, Lake George into a line score yet. <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. We're not putting a lot of sing, we're not putting a lot of single column headlines with those guys. <laughs> Down to Class D, we go with Cambridge Salem topping the list, followed by Voorheesville, Greenwich, Canajerry, Fort Plain, Chatham, with Helderberg Valley getting votes. Yeah, look at uh, Cambridge Salem, which has had a couple of down uh, years in b- both of the 2021 seasons, but they've been really, really good to start this year. Uh, Voorheesville uh, was a uh, division runner-up in Class C last year. They moved down uh, and they look like a team that has a real chance to make some noise. Greenwich has been a perennial contender. They've won this the last few years. Uh, they replaced a lot of people, uh, especially having to replace their their really superstar do-everything quarterback, Jesse Kuzmic. Uh, and it really does seem like that's where the, the drop-off is, is possibly at Greenwich, but certainly after. Ken Jerry Fort Plain had a uh, gutted-out a win over Helderberg Valley. You know, Chatham's a team that's going to be in the mix uh, as the season goes along. Uh, just not a super deep class. Yeah. And, well, let's take a look at some of the games uh, this weekend. Uh, big slate on Friday. 
And we'll start with, we talked about this a little bit earlier, CBA's at Shaker. Yeah, CBA at Shaker, and it's a matchup of, you know, two, two of the teams that you'd expect. They were the top two regular season finishers uh, a year ago, and you'd really expect to see these two teams with excellent, excellent quarterbacks. Uh, Donald Jones at CBA, who's a terrific runner who's evolving as a passer, and uh, Jake Icabaccio at Shaker, who might be one of the more complete quarterbacks in the whole section. Both guys have a good amount to work with around them. CBA is a team uh, that's really kind of uh, working in its skill position, guys, especially they lost their big... Uh, Division One Syracuse commit tight end David Clement uh, to an injury before the season, and then uh, Shaker really spreads the ball around. Yeah, I mean, I, I had watched that Shaker CBA Syracuse game uh, a couple weeks ago, and it, it was a good game. I mean, both teams play well, and I mean, Shaker nothing to be ashamed of, and uh, I, I think that's going to be a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they can. And Shaker, when their offense gets rolling, uh, that really that game really chalks up as the Shaker offense against an excellent, excellent CBA defense. Yeah. So let's go to Class A. There's a couple games you have highlighted. Let's we'll start with Burnt Hills, Boston Lake at April Park. Yeah, uh, two teams that have really been strong in the last couple of, you know, Burnt Hills for, you know, 15 years now. Uh, April Park has had a real resurgence over the last few years. Again, team without a lot of depth, but a really, really terrific uh, athlete at quarterback in this, Nicholas Golosky. Burnt Hills, you can see the bones of a team that has the potential to be really, really good, especially up front. Uh, Shane McLernan is a center for that team, a really alert player. Uh, you know, Miles Yunuzi, their quarterback, struggled early on, but it showed a little bit, uh, uh, showed some really interesting things. And Santino Moreno, uh, running back, didn't get a lot of run until the second quarter, second half of that game, but really started to spark them against CBA. Yeah. And the other uh, Class A game you're highlighted is LaSalle and Niskayuna. Yeah, uh, just an interesting game. LaSalle uh, has kind of struggled out of the gate. Uh, Niskayuna had a nice win uh, in Week 0 in a game at UAlbany uh, against Washingtonville. Uh, came out, had a tough one in Week 1, lost to Saratoga Springs. So it's just a game to see uh, if one of those teams can really sort of start to carve out an identity, especially a LaSalle team. Uh, Niskayuna trying to fi- really trying to find the replacement for uh, their excellent quarterback, Dan Quinn, uh, who graduated after last season. And LaSalle is really, team lost almost its entire starting lineup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on to Class B, Ravina Coyman Selkirk will be mm-hmm. hosting Glens Falls. Yeah, this is a rematch of two really interesting games uh, from last year. They played in the last week of the regular season in a completely meaningless game, and Glens Falls wiped the floor with Ravina. They met a week later in the section in the Class B semifinals. Ravina got revenge on its way to the Section 2 championship. Uh, Ravina, again, has, has returns a good amount from that team. Glens Falls, you have to think, especially with uh, head coach Pat Lilac returning after uh, taking last season off to, to uh, watch, his son, watch and coach his son at South Glens Falls, mm-hmm. you have to expect that the, that the Indian, that Glens Falls is going to be uh, in position to try and get some revenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Class C, uh, Hoosick Falls, Tamarack will take on Stillwater. Yeah, this is a proving ground game for Stillwater. They've they've been very impressive in their first two games. Uh, this one will be interesting to see if they can uh, make a move. If they make if they if they're able to win this game impressively, they're absolutely right up there as a potential uh, Class C championship contender. They've got a terrific offensive line. They've got. Uh, Former NFL uh, offensive lineman, Mechanicville legend Joe Cacuso's two sons, uh, one of them an eighth grader starting on the line. Wow. Uh, UAlbany baseball coach and uh, all-around legend John Mueller's son is their top running back. So it's a team with some famous names on it, and they're going to be interesting to watch. And uh, Hoosick Falls Tamarack, 
has been very, very close these last couple of years, and, and after a loss to Skyler Hill this past week, is going to be uh, really pushing for it. Makes you feel old that they have sons playing football now. So, <laughs> uh, Class D, Voorheesville uh, Greenwich. Voorheesville Greenwich, again, this is a game that's really going to let you know a, where Voorheesville is, if they uh, if they are as impressive as they've looked these first two weeks of the season, and if Greenwich has the ability to bounce back from uh, from a couple of rough starts, they got roughed up in week zero uh, by uh, by Stillwater. So we'll see if the witches uh, really mark up as what could be a potential Class D. These are two teams that could absolutely see each other in October, November. So what game will you be at on Friday night? Uh, at this point, we're still figuring yeah. that yeah. out. So but we'll be we'll be all around. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll, um, we'll, we'll also be a couple of games I know we will be at. Uh, the whole uh, Gazette crew will be at the Queensbury Amsterdam game. Uh, I know we'll be at the uh, Fonda Fultonville uh, Johnstown game, which is fun. It's a nice matchup between two teams uh, right down the road from each other. We're going to have a lot of coverage across the uh, across the spectrum. Yeah, of course, they're all not only in the Daily Gazette, but the uh, Amsterdam Reporter and Leader Hurl. So yeah. uh, check out that full, coverage. It's a, I'm mixing my metaphors here, but it's full court press. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. We'll do this again next week. Thank you very much. All right, that's Adam Schindler. I'll be back to wrap up the podcast and have the latest winners in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football and Auto Racing Contest in just a moment. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast. I'll never forget the day I decided to go out for the football team. Mr. Banks, the JV football coach and my history teacher, asked me to stay after class. I thought I was in trouble. He said, hey, Darius, have you thought about going out for football? I think you'd be great. Fact is, I never played football. Fact is, I never had anyone tell me I'd be great at something. So, with no experience at all, I signed up. And a week later, I padded up and was running drills on the field. I never was great, but playing high school sports was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I was accepted by my teammates, and I learned that when someone believes in you, you can believe in yourself. Encourage a student you know to take part in a high school sport. This message presented by NISFA and the New York State Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, this is Daily Gazette sports writer Mike McAdam. You're listening to the Parting Shots Podcast with Daily Gazette sports editor Ken Schott. Back to wrap up the podcast. The week one winner in the Daily Gazette's You Pick'em Football Contest was Deb Schmidt of Schenectady with 13 wins. Deb wins a $100 Hannaford gift card. Congratulations, Deb. The VIP winner was Scott Hudson of Embrick's Sales and Service with 12 wins. I was a miserable 8-7-1 while Adam Schinder in his uh, debut was 10-5-1. I'll announce the winner of the You Pick'em Football Contest, and that winner's name will appear in Thursday's Daily Gazette. To play in the contest, go to dailygazette.com and click on the You Pick'em Football banner. The Week 28 winner in the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest was Robert Prusco of Scotia with 30 points. Robert wins a $50 ShopRite gift card. Congratulations, Robert! The VIP winner was Scott Lucier of Capital Land GMC with 25 points. I'll announce the winner of the Daily Gazette's Auto Racing Contest, and that winner's name will appear in Friday's Daily Gazette. 
To play in the contest, go to dailygazette.com and click on the Auto Racing Contest banner. Keep checking out dailygazette.com and the print edition for the latest updates in news and sports on the coronavirus pandemic. I want to thank all the doctors, nurses, and first responders who are dealing with this pandemic. We appreciate the job you are doing in this difficult time. If you have not gotten vaccinated, please do so. Do it for yourself. Do it for your family. And do it for your friends. That wraps up another edition of the Parting Shots podcast. I want to thank Frank Caliendo and Adam Schinder for coming on the show. I'll have another podcast on Saturday. I'll chat about the Buffalo Bills with Jenna Cottrell, sports anchor at WHAM-TV in Rochester, a host of the Buffalo Plus, a Buffalo Bills podcast, and a Saratoga Springs native. I hope you will give it a listen. If you have questions or comments about the podcast, email them to me at shot, that's S-C-H-O-T-T, at dailygazette.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Slapshots. The views expressed on the Parting Shots podcast are not necessarily those of the Daily Gazette Company. The Parting Shots podcast is a production of the Daily Gazette Company. I'm Daily Gazette Sports Editor Ken Schott. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. From the Parting Shots podcast studio in Schenectady, New York, good day, good sports.